0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment, but first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We also want to encourage you to join us at Shepherd Church this weekend. Shepherd is only a short drive from anywhere in the city. We are a multiracial, multi-generational church that is built on biblical preaching and dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you may be going through, children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs for kids to adults, and care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or serious illness like cancer. You can visit our website at liftupjesus.com to get more information about Shepherd Church, our locations, and service times. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word.
1: Our world is full of chaos. How many of you know that? It is being driven by the media fueled by politicians, but spawned by the devil himself. The devil came to kill, still and to destroy, and he's doing just that. It's amazing to me how many Christians have been swept up in things that divide. Many of us are so vocal when it comes to issues, and we're outspoken in our politics, and we're boisterous and strident in our viewpoints, and we we will argue all day long certain topics but when it comes to witnessing or telling someone about Jesus or sharing our testimony we become quiet as a church mouse now don't get me wrong i want you to be vocal i want you to be strident i want you to be outspoken but be outspoken about the things of god be verbal about the bible be candid and open and articulate about Jesus. I want you to get excited about eternal things. We get too excited about worldly things. Why don't you get excited about heavenly things? And be be motivated to share your faith and as you do, as you tell others about Jesus, as you give your testimony, as you witness for Christ, as you speak about grace and faith and love as you invite folks to church as you pray for those who are lost don't ever 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 give up that god will reach those with whom you're praying the bible says in psalm 126 verse 6 which is the basis for this message he who goes out weeping carrying seed to sow Now, we know the Bible says, as you sow seed, some lands on good soil and some lands on bad soil. But he who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. That psalm, Psalm 126, was sung by Jewish people that were ascending the hill to the city of Jerusalem. They had been brought back from captivity, finally able to come home. They had been farmers and herdsmen for the most part, but they knew a principle that was inevitable and true, that anyone who plants, even when it's difficult, even when you're hurting, even when you're weary, even when you're weeping, even if the land is barren, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you stay with it, the day will come Where your night will turn into mourning. Your pain will turn into joy. Your sorrow will turn into victory. And you will be rewarded. You will be blessed. And there will be a return on your spiritual investment. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if we do not give up i want you to write that down first of all in your notes one day you will reap a harvest those of us that are saved we have been called of god to either plant seeds or to water seeds and if we'll be faithful to plant seeds and if we're faithful to water seeds the bible says that god will give the increase now the bible doesn't say how many seeds we have to keep planting The Bible doesn't say, how long do we have to keep watering these seeds? It just says you keep planting and you keep watering. And eventually, God indeed will give the increase. The second thing I want to tell you, write this down. You need to learn to be as patient as God. Be as patient as God. Some of you lose your patience just getting out of the church parking lot. The Bible says, and this is an important verse, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that God is patient with you. Aren't you glad God was patient with you? Yes. I mean, very few of you ever came to know Christ the very first time you heard the invitation. Most of you said, no, they don't give me. I don't want to go to church. Someone invited you a hundred times, and you kept saying no a hundred times. And one day, I, it's hard to explain, but one day your eyes were open and your heart was softened. You said, okay, I'll go. And eventually you got saved. And I want to ask you again, aren't you glad God was patient with you? And the Bible says these words that God is patient with you. Why is God so patient? Because He doesn't want anyone to perish, but He wants everyone to come to repentance. He wants every single person in this room, He wants every single one of you to come to repentance. Why he wants every single person living in every single valley, he wants every single person living on every mountain. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. And he is patient. He is patient. And we need to be patient like God. You know, baby boomers, and I am a baby boomer. (laughs) Baby boomers were born between nineteen forty six and nineteen sixty four. Baby boomers today are all in their 60s and headed into their 70s. And it's true, it's true statistically that most people, the older you are, if you're not saved, statistically, the less likely the chance are you're going to get saved. There's just something about it. Most people come to put their faith in Christ when they're young. So if you're in your 60s or 70s and you're not saved right now, odds are, It's not happening. You're not going to get saved. However, don't ever underestimate the power of God. We are seeing more and more baby boomers come to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? I don't know. Maybe because you had everything, you tried everything, you lived in a time in America where we had everything going for you. And you've tried it all and nothing seems to satisfy you deep down. But I want you to know if you're in your 60s, in your 70s, God's never going to give up on you. He's going to keep knocking on the door of your heart. He's going to keep sending messages to you. He's going to keep setting up divine appointments just for you. God's had to wait 60 years for some of you. He's got to wait 70 years for some of you. But He's waiting. He's patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. So I say to you again, don't ever give up. Don't ever quit inviting. Don't ever stop asking people. Don't stop ever sharing your testimony. Keep telling others what God has done in your life, and God will give the increase. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Number three, write this down. Just reach one. You don't have to reach the whole world. You know, write you a name down. Write your five names down and just say, Lord, give me one of these five. Help me lead one person to Jesus Christ. Because as you reach one, that one might reach another, and that one might reach another. Several years ago I was traveling with the school, our school heritage, it was called Hillcrest at the time, and they always take the eighth graders on a trip to Washington, D.C. So I my child was in the eighth grade, so I went as a chaperone. And part of that trip we went to the great city of Philadelphia and we visited Independence Hall where the Declaration of Independence was signed as well as the first building that housed the Supreme Court. And of course, we went to the building that housed the Liberty Bell. The bell was originally made in the year 1752 in England and was shipped to Philadelphia. Now, on that bell, there's a Bible verse. And for those of you that think there should be a separation between church and state, which uh, we'll talk about that another day, But there's a Bible verse on that bell that comes from Leviticus chapter 25 verse 10 that says, proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. A Bible verse on that bell. Now that bell is cracked. It cracked the first time they rung that bell. It had been recast several times. We believe it was rung not on July 4th, but on July 8th. 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was read. By the late 1820s, which was 50 years later, the bell fell into relative obscurity. By the year 1828, the city fathers tried to exchange it for a better bell. There was a time where no one wanted the Liberty Bell because it was cracked, it was useless, and yet today, In order to get inside the building where it is housed, you literally need to go through a metal detector surrounded by armed guards who are there to make sure that no one ever damages this now relic of a bell. The Liberty Bell is valuable not because of its inherent value as a bell, but because it had been used at the reading of the Declaration of Independence when our nation was born. It is priceless because... It had once been used to declare freedom. Now, throughout the Bible, we're told stories of all kinds of people for us who have become household names because they were used of God to declare freedom. They have become as priceless to us as the Liberty Bell has become to our country Men like the Apostle Paul, or Peter, or James, or John, or Mary, or Martha, the 12 disciples, and others. Men and women who God used to declare freedom of, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? I want you to turn quickly to Acts 16, as quickly as you can. Turn over to Acts chapter 16. I want to read through this text, and I'm going to read a couple of verses and have you write something down. And uh, we're just going to move through this as quickly as we can. Acts chapter 16, talking about the power of just one person who can then touch someone else's life, who will then touch someone else's life. Acts chapter 16, verse 22, we're here with Paul. Everybody say, Paul. The crowd joined in an attack, a mob against Paul. And his companion Silas. They were preaching the gospel. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Verse 23. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown where? Into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And the next verse says their, their hands were fastened in chains. I want you to write this down. In God's school of discipleship, suffering is not an elective course, it is a required course. Some of you think, well, if I become a Christian and I do all that God wants me to do, I I won't have any problems. No, if you do what God wants you to do, you're you're probably going to have more problems. (laughs) Suffering is not an elective course, it is a required course. I want to make this clear. You can be in the dead center of God's will for your life and still find yourself in a mess. Paul and Silas were preaching Jesus Christ and they got thrown in jail. They were flogged, they were stripped and they were now fastened in chains in a rat infested dungeon. So be willing to stand up and share your faith no matter what it costs. Be willing to take a stand for Jesus Christ. Look at verse 25. About midnight, what time? What time is that? Now I'm usually asleep by midnight. How many of you are asleep by midnight? Let me see. How many of you are awake at midnight? Mm Mm-hmm. I know you're kind. (laughs) Midnight. Paul and Silas stripped, flogged, beaten, chained, rat-infested prison. What are they doing at midnight? They're praying and singing hymns to God. Write this down. Even in your crisis, don't forget your Creator. Some of you, as soon as you start getting in trouble, you blame God and you run away from God. Paul and Silas were in a difficult situation and they began to worship and pray to a holy God. First part of verse 26 says, Suddenly, everybody say the word suddenly. Suddenly. There was such a violent what." Have you ever heard the phrase, things just went from bad to worse? Here they are in a prison, flawed, beaten, stripped, chained for sharing the gospel, and all of a sudden things go from bad to worse. They're singing and worshiping God, and things get even worse. A violent earthquake. I want you to write this down. Difficult circumstances don't phase God, don't let difficult Circumstances phase you. Some of you are so, I got so many problems. Listen, okay, okay, okay. You got problems. Turn to your neighbor and say, You got problems. Those problems, listen to me, those problems do not phase God. God has the entire world in the palm of His hand. You got some problems. God, God. God can handle your problems in your marriage. He can handle your financial problems. He can handle your emotional problems. He can handle your health problems. The problems with your children. God's, God's got you, all right? They're not, God's not faced by these problems. You shouldn't be faced by them either. The rest of verse 26 says At once all the prison doors flew open, everybody's chains came loose, the jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. Because back in those days, if you're the jailer and the, and, the, and the prisoner escaped, it was on you. So he's thinking everyone's escaped. So he takes a sword. He's about to kill himself. But verse 28, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all what? Here. Now stay with me. Here's a saved person. Here's an unsaved person. The same, the saved person in the midst of the earthquake, in the midst of uh, the chaos, and we're living in a chaotic world, amen? You, write this down, stay the course. You stay the course. You keep honoring God in word and in deed. Don't get, don't get sucked in to the world's hate and the world's prejudices. And the world's meanness. You stay the course. And the, the, you're, you're looking at, you're surrounded by unsaved people. You stay the course. Now the unsaved brother over here, the unsaved person over here, the, the earthquake, the chaos, the hatred, the bitterness, the prey, they're all getting all wrapped up in that. They look over at you. They, they write this down, they should see the calm in you you're staying the course you're serving god no matter what but the unsaved man he's all wrapped up in the world he looks over and he sees the calm on you he can't figure out why are you so calm verse 29 the jailer called for lights that means they lit. they lit a candle they didn't have electricity back in those days i just want you to know he rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas and he a- he brought them out and he asked them this question this is what happens when you stay the course and they see the calm in you the jailer comes to Paul and Silas and says sir what must i do to be saved and they replied believe in the lord jesus you will be saved you and your what your household I want you to write this down. Even in a storm, you can point people to a Savior. There is no better time to point people to a Savior than in the midst of a storm. Because when you're in a storm, there's really only one answer. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse 32, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. That's the jailer's house. And at that hour of the night, midnight... The jailer took them, and now the jailer is washing their wounds, and immediately he and all his family, the jailer, were baptized, and then the jailer, this is funny, the jailer brought them into his house. They were oh, this, and A few minutes ago, they were prisoners in a prison, and now he's washing their wounds, He's bringing the prisoners into his house and he set a meal before them, which I think this meal was better than the food he was feeding them when they were in the jail. And the Bible says he, the jailer, was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Now, this is Acts 16, not just a trick question, not a trick, but a trivia question. You had to be in church two weeks ago to even know the answer to this story. But do you remember all the way back before Saul became a Christian, who it was that helped Paul be baptized? Who, who was that person? I can't think. What is, that? what is that person's name that helped Paul get saved? Ananias. Ananias. Give him a hand, Ananias. Well, stay with me. You go all the way back to Acts chapter 9, verse 11. You have these words. The Lord said, Ananias. He said, yes, Lord. I want you to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. You know what that sounds like to me? Go down to Sydney, Australia to a street named George. That's what that sounds like to me. I want you to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named, from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying. And it's the only place. The reason I take you back to Acts chapter 9, a man named Ananias, it's the only place in all of scriptures that we find this person Ananias as it relates to Saul's conversion, his experience. So you have this guy named Ananias nobody knows who he is who helps reach a man named Paul who becomes a missionary and church planner and evangelist, travels the world who then baptizes a Philippian jailer, a jailer who then baptizes his entire household. It all started with that guy guy named Ananias. No one even knows who he is. I want you to write this down. You might be a Paul. You might be an Ananias. I don't know who you are. You might be someone who becomes a famous missionary and travels the world and goes and starts many churches and you end up writing half the New Testament. You might be that type of person. Or you might be this person that no one's ever heard of. But the person you win, that one person you reach becomes someone who changes the entire world. The next Billy Graham, the next Mother Teresa.
0: You never know, but just win one. We hope the message you just heard tonight from Pastor Dudley has been a blessing to you. Isaiah 55, reminds us that the preaching of God's word never returns void. We want you to know we have phone counselors standing by if you are in need of prayer. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. We know the enemy is always at work with his deliberate and calculated attacks against us. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. Again, our phone number is 888-818-4777. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. We also want to remind you the Passion Play is returning to Shepherd Church in April. This live musical production follows the final days of Jesus Christ here on earth and is the perfect event to invite your unsaved friends and loved ones during this Easter season. The Passion Play is only here for a short time, So be sure to order your tickets today. All information on show dates and times can be found on our website, passionplaylive.com. That website again is passionplaylive.com. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.